Hi, welcome to the Real Estate Roundtable, where we discuss all topics real estate. I'm Nick Aarons. Hey, and I'm Steve Crowley. I'm Darren Shepard. And I'm Jimmy Reed, and we're your hosts. Welcome to the Real Estate Roundtable podcast, where we talk all things real estate. I'm Nick Aarons, and today on the show, we've got Josh. Josh Metter. Josh California Metter. best title. Yep. All right. So a lot of people go, what the heck is title? What so, is title? Is that the question? Well, yeah. What, what is title what, insurance? What is title? Like, what, what does title actually mean? Yeah, title is um, how someone holds property and is how or is the means of a property transferring to a new buyer. Mm-hmm. A title company's function really is to ensure and issue a policy to the buyer that there isn't any issues that they are inheriting from the previous owner, such as clouds on title, who who really owns it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, prior liens from previous owners that now you're responsible for. So, yeah. a title insurance company's job is to protect a new homeowner from that. Okay. Got it. So, um, you may have said this with some of those terms you just noted. Uh-huh. A lot of people, I actually get this question a decent amount. Hey, um, I, Nick, I want to get protected when I buy this home. Mm. How do I know someone's not going to come after me in five years? And be like, no, I, you owe me a hundred thousand dollars because right. you bought this home. Right. You're the new owner. Right. So and yeah. So some, someone owed a money from that property and then they inherit that owing some random person $100,000 in this right. example. So that is specifically what title insurance protects against, right? So mm-hmm. as long as that title company does their due dil- uh, diligence, um, examines the chain of title, uh, clears everything out, um, and the property closes and transfers to that new buyer, if something does pop up and emerge like that, the homeowner would be able to go back to the title company and say, hey, I have a claim here. Somebody came knocking on my door for an old $100,000 loan and you guys insured this. So then the title company would, in that uh, that case, um, uh, issue a claim and uh, and cover that that homeowner with that issue. Okay, got it. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Really exciting stuff. (laughs) Important though. Yeah, yeah. So I heard I heard some states actually. So in California, is it a requirement for sale? Is it not Uh, not an absolute requirement? Um, You know, you could. Like we could work out. Let's say we're family members, and you want to sell me the house. Um, kind of under the table, if you will. Yeah. Uh, title insurance isn't an absolute requirement, but it is. it should be. Um, and every buyer should have title insurance because it protects you, protects you. And, you know, unfortunately, because so many, the consumers don't really know what title insurance is, they undervalue the importance of that protection. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so hopefully this discussion right now, this episode will, will help educate homeowners and, and bring that awareness, but yeah. it is super important. Don't overlook it. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, title insurance is, is something that is necessary to protect you and the biggest purchase that you and your family, you know, uh, acquire. So. Yeah, I think you brought up a really good point because I know people who've bought homes from family members or best friends and things like that. They mm-hmm. go, you know what? We're just going to cut out the middleman. We're going to cut out realtors. Yeah. I don't want to deal with an escrow company. I don't want to deal with all this paperwork. Yeah. Just buy it directly from me. Right. That sounds like no the most escrow. common issue where there's going to be some sort of claim or title issue that that person's inheriting. Absolutely, because no one's taking the time in that scenario to do their due diligence to to clear any items and make sure it's it's there is no old liens. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, you would be up the creek on that one, you know, going that route, no title insurance, no escrow, doing it under the table, just a family and a you know a smile and a handshake transaction, and. Um, 
it, you would be liable. Let's say, you know, Uncle Frank sold you the property uh, in the scenario that we just discussed. Mm-hmm. But Uncle Frank was a naughty man and he owed, you know, the IRS some money and it was, you know, showing up uh, against that property, then that might be an issue. Got it. Or maybe yeah. he redid his whole kitchen, but never paid the contractor. The That's amount. another potential that issue. come after you a- a- who bought the home. Absolutely. It's Uncle Frank sh- is no longer on the hook for that money. Right, right. Well, I don't know well, about maybe, that. Maybe. There, that, that opens up all this world of litigation, right? Mm. And so once again, um, if you went the safe route, yeah. uh, did it above board, got the title uh, company involved, and they issued a policy, and you know that issue that emerges was under the coverage. You're protected, Got right? It. So you don't even, you know, it's not even the monetary issue. It's also the bandwidth that would require to go get attorneys and litigate and and hash that all out in court. The time wasted. Um, yeah. You know, our courts don't move too fast. So, so yeah, it no, could be, don't. yeah, it could be a very long, drawn out process to remedy yeah. and fix that. <clears throat> Got it. Yeah. Interesting. So I'm curious, that said, obviously, we just gave a hypothetical example with an Uncle Frank. Mm -hmm. Um, But what's a situation you've encountered where there has been a title issue? Um, I mean, I just I'll refer to something most recently. Um, We had a real estate agent that purchased a property. Uh, They used another title company, but he realized that there were some major encroachments. In other words, the fence from his neighbor's house was way across the property line onto his. Mm-hmm. And the um, and then he realized this afterwards and he went to the title company and uh, discovering this issue. And that wasn't part of the coverage, unfortunately, really? with that company. So they were, you know, he tried to file a claim and they wouldn't do it. And he was understandably very upset um, because well, he wants he, to recla- reclaim that area of his yard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And now he's going to have to go through a litigation process and work it out with the neighbor and go to oh. courts. And so, uh, my team and I kind of, um, pointed him in the right direction. And, uh, it was just very, um, sad to see, you know, you make this purchase, you're excited about it. And then it wasn't quite what you paid for to some extent. Yeah. So, um, yeah. That's always like a, that's a big bummer, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I'm, I'm curious. So what's, what's, you know, considered like a good title versus bad title coverage? What's, where's help where people most likely are going to need it? And where's something that you hear a lot of times where you go, mm, buyer or seller, like you're probably good. This is like a one-off, literally one in several million kind of chance. Right, right. Well, just, let's just start with the fact that the company is going to be around if there is a claim, if something was missed, that mm-hmm. they're going to be around to honor that claim, right? So um, that's a big issue. A lot of sophisticated home buyers are doing transactions. They want uh, to use a larger company that they feel comfortable is going to be around, who has survived mm-hmm. many ups and downs of the markets and isn't going to close up their doors after issuing the policy. And now you're, you're not going to have anybody to go to. So I think that's a really important um factor in making a decision which title company to use. I have four underwriters with my company and three of them are historically proven, you know, the biggest underwriters in the country. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we can give them that flexibility. If you want a policy with this big company, we can issue that. Or if you want this one to save a little bit of money, we can issue that. But that's the first primary point. Are they still going to be around to pay the claim? Uh, the second is, are they competent? You know, Uh, Do they have a team that's going to thoroughly examine the chain of title, making sure there isn't going to be any issues? Are they competent in performing that task? 
Um, I had another client um, that purchased a home. She's a fix and flipper. She also lists house, whatever. Um, but this was a personal investment. And the title company missed um, a agreement between the owner. It was kind of like a tenant agreement. Uh-huh. Like they were going to, he was going to rent to own. Uh, and the title okay. company missed it. It was recorded. <clears throat> And she couldn't take possession of her new uh, um, property to rent it out and to renovate so, it and do her thing. So just for context, she went through through the pos- process of getting a loan or a hard money loan or whatever it is, bought the property, bought the house, money moved, money moved, went and to the she seller, kind of went great. I got my keys. I'm yes. ready to go now. Yes, but the title company missed something that oh kept gosh. her from taking possession of the property. And so here she is hemorrhaging. You know, the money's gone. Yeah. that she paid for the property. But also now the talk, uh, the clock is ticking on getting a renter in there and doing what she had intended for that property to make mm-hmm. it profitable for her. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it ended up taking like 12 months for them to uh, litigate and figure it out. But it, that was because the title company was uh, incompetent on that transaction and missed and didn't do their thorough due diligence yeah. to clear out the chain of title. Jeez, so they were paying so, HOA and taxes and mortgage and everything had, just... For 12 months. Yes. Yes. Wow. So I was pretty, she was understandably very upset. And, 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 uh, so yeah, I, you know, we've seen, and, that, and that's what the, the consumer doesn't know. They're almost titles, almost like the fire department. You know, you never uh-huh. really use them, but when it happens, when you need them, they better be good and they better be there for the consumer, for the client. Right. Yeah. So super important. Got it. Um, that's so interesting. It's, um, so how do, how do you guys, for example, how do you find those things that get recorded? So, um, you know, every property has a chain of title, which is essentially the history of that property. Mm-hmm. Uh, early on in my career, I, we had people, um, we had these lot books that we would go to, right? Yeah. Like things were handwritten in books. And so I had a couple of homeowners that said, hey, Josh, or whatever title company XYZ that you're at, I want you to deed all the way back to the King of Spain, And then like, you know, create this beautiful little thing that I can frame and and hang it in my house so I can see that whole succession of who's, you know, the land and who's owned it all the way to it's the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so we've done that, but that's, that's um, some insight into the history of each property. And so the titles company's job is to, um, to go through that history and clear out any items going back to the previous owner. Right. Yeah. So. Okay. I hope that answers your question. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. Does. So, yeah, every property has a chain of title, which is the history of the property that the title company relies on. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and are there any differences? So, so obviously, obviously, I'm helping a lot of sellers. I'm helping a lot of buyers. Is there any difference in what the title company's job or the title representative's job would be on the purchasing side versus the selling side? For the like the title representative's role role in, in how they can help and how they can help facilitate and problem solve. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't really speak for anybody else, other title reps out there. Uh, one of the main things that my team and I do and are trained to do is as soon as we open a resale transaction, uh, we ask for the statement of information. Um, so we can clear out the individual that's selling, making sure there's no IRS or individual judgments, child support judgments against the seller. Um, that's a, an important second uh, component that needs to be cleared. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also, as soon as the preliminary title report is done, we have the SI on the seller. We take the time to review everything, review the report, and then we communicate, which is super important. Okay, we see an old you know, deed of trust that 
doesn't have a reconveyance recorded. We think it's probably released, but at that point in time, we communicate with everybody. You know, I always like to say, you like surprises for your birthday, for your wedding anniversary, for Christmas, but yeah. nobody likes surprises in their real estate transaction. So we do our due diligence up front to make sure there are no surprises as soon as the prelim, preliminary title report is, is uh, created. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Um, what What are some of the common misconceptions of, of just title in general, how it works? Or, um, I mean, I, yeah. once again, I don't think people know too much about title insurance, right? I think the misconception is that we don't do anything that we're not necessary, um, unimportant in, in, in the transaction, but those that have had problems pop up in their transaction and who have had to file a claim, they quickly realize how important title insurance is. Yeah. So that would be the major misconception is that we don't play a, a important role within the transaction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't want any single person I'm helping out to be able to to buy a home, but buy somebody else's debt at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It's just something that the, that your client isn't signing up for, right? Yeah. Like no one wants to do that. <laughs> yeah. I owe an extra hundred thousand dollars on, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, that would, that would be a, a, not a good situation. Got it. So if you're buying uncle Frank's house, mm-hmm. Oh, back to uncle Frank. Okay. If, if we're buying uncle Frank's house, make yeah. sure we have some sort of uh, title clearance, title insurance there. Absolutely. Not only that, someone has to record the document, draft the document, record it. Usually escrow uh, drafts up the document. They work in tandem with title, uh, clearing out items. And, and then someone needs to take it or submit it to the county recorders to make it of record and official. Mm-hmm. So if you're not using title, I mean, I guess a consumer could draft it themselves, but is it going to be done correctly? You know, that's another, uh, that's another, uh, uh, variable to, to think about as well. Yeah. Is uncle Frank drawing up something that would hold up in court if things were to go probably, that direction? And, probably not. Right. Did yeah. you get it notarized correctly? All those, all those variables once again. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, any questions for me? How long you been in the business for? Quite a long time. Well, I've been in the business since 2011. 2011. Okay. 2011. So how I got into the business, I originally... I had this idea, I'm going to get into real estate. I want to flip homes. I think it's fun. I think it's sexy. I think it's okay. cool. You can design different things. Yeah. Got into it, started doing that. Actually heard of a lot of different title issues because of what was going on in the wake of 2008, 2009. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, doing all kinds of stuff with cash for keys. Yeah. All kinds of weird, crazy things. Right, right. Um, at the auction and seeing it all and, and observing it and being right there in the mix. Yeah. Um. So that was my first encounter with title was going, okay, this property is going to sale at auction in fourth position. Right. For $9 and it's a $3 million home with 180 degree ocean views and no one's buying it for $9. Yeah. What's, yeah, yeah, yeah. What does fourth position mean? And why does nobody want this $3 million home for nine bucks? Yeah. So I, it's funny that you bring that up in, in 2008 um, and in that time frame. I was in customer service uh, at a local title company at that point in time. And literally every day we would get phone calls from people at the courthouse steps going, I need a verbal prelim. So basically I need you to do what a, a title search and examining team would do in the course of 24 to 48 hours on the spot. I need you to look at taxes. I need you to look at the chain of title. I need you yeah. to run a GI on the individual, make sure there's nothing uh, there. And I need you to tell me what position the loan I'm bidding uh, on is in yeah. for that very reason. 
So um, that's very uh, something that I'm very familiar with yeah. uh, those days. So so 12, we're kind of getting close to being kind of the, the veterans now. You know, I've been in the business for 20, <laughs> 23 years. Yep. Uh, we're both relatively, we're both young years. guys, yeah. but it just feels like we're, you know, we're, we're, um, we're definitely like stepping our foot over into the threshold of, of being veterans uh, in the industry. Well, a lot so. of people don't last in the business. They get into real estate going, man, I'm going to make a career out of this. I'm going to make a killing. I'm yeah. going to make tons of money. I'm going to sell three $10 million homes a year yeah. and go and have the yacht and the vacations. Yeah, and right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, nice yeah. suits. And that's yeah. all I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And then yeah. they realize, oh, gosh, this is hard. It is super. What did I get myself into? You know, that's, and that's why there's so much turnover in the business. Absolutely. It's, I mean, how many agents do you know? Of all the agents you encounter, because you know a lot of your dude, you've got a I have deep to, Rolodex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like how many people have actually been in the business for more than six, seven years? I mean, if, if you start looking at like brokerages and offices and stuff, and people actually producing and selling more than say ten homes a year, who've been in the been in the business over ten years. I would say like if I had to quantify it down to percentage, I'd say maybe twenty percent. I think eighty percent end up failing. Mm-hmm. Um, for various different reasons, you know, not lack of consistency, whatever that may be. But yeah, no, you're certainly right. It is, um, it is, it isn't as easy as some agents make it look. And when you're out on the outside looking in, you're like, I can do that. I'll just put the sign in the front yard. I'll announce to everybody, I'm a realtor now. Send me your house to sell. And it just doesn't, you know, it's a slavish lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And um, there is a lot of work, a lot of sweat equity that is put in. You know, I, I uh, every once in a while I'm on TikTok and I see there's some t- uh, content creators on there mm-hmm. and they hate on realtors and they say, you don't need a realtor. And it's, you know, I work, I, I'm blessed to work with a lot of the top agents. Um, and truly to anybody that's seeing this, like a good realtor is worth their weight in gold. And we certainly need realtors to... Um, you know, good realtors, um, to sell your house, to help you with that purchase transaction. You know, I just, I I hate to see when people uh, undervalue the role of the realtors, but it's because of that other 80% that isn't actually, and just think it's just all fun and games. Right. Yeah. So, so I want to come back to the courthouse steps thing. Cause that, that okay, let's go. Let's go there. My parents, um, my parents own a home in San Clemente and down the street from them, there was a home that was a, it was a second position lien. Uh, the HOA was selling the property and for, I think, like $13,000. Big views. The home is mm-hmm. worth about $1.2 million. Mm-hmm. Um, so why wouldn't somebody buy that home in the HOA's foreclosing mm-hmm. in a second position? Right. What, so so you still have that first mortgage. I see where you're, where you're going. Yeah. You have to account for all of the debt on the property. because. So if you buy it for that $30,000 HOA bill, right. what happens? Pay that, that off. So that HOA so you're at the courthouse steps, you're like, oh, 30 grand for this house. Cool. Right. Here's $30,000, Mr. Auction, auctioneer. Right. I get my house. Now what? Right. So now you are responsible for the first mortgage or the, anything that's in position prior to that HOA, or if it's a second loan or a third loan or a fourth loan that's getting foreclosed on, yeah. you still have to take care of those other debts that are in first, second, third position on that property. So, you know, um, Oh, because there's no title insurance to clear those out. Thank you. Yes. Now you're, you're just inheriting you're somebody learning, else's you debt. You just inherit. Exactly. I see what you did there. You brought it full circle. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Uncle yeah, yeah. Frank became the auctioneer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. So that's, you know, um, another IFC content about, uh, going to auction and, and, and buying properties. It's this easy, but 
No, there's, you know, you need to have at the very least a good, reliable title person and company that's knowledgeable to clear those items and really let you know what you're getting into, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. 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 So that one, um, the one on my parents' street, actually nobody bought. Right. Surprise, no, surprise. No, nobody bought. The home at the time was worth about a million, but there was a, there was an IRS debt. Mm-hmm. Hadn't paid taxes in years. Yeah. So that means the debt, everybody realized they didn't bid on it because they realized so the debt that they would inherit was dead. more was more than the value of the property. So it, was, yeah. it, it wouldn't be a, a profitable purchase. You buy the property for $30,000, but you're also buying that IRS debt yeah. for $1.2 million. Yeah. Yeah. And a house that needs a lot of work. Yeah. That's like, yeah, that's uh, things you don't want to inherit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely. There's good debt and bad debt. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Someone else's debt to the IRS is not good debt. Don't, yeah. Don't buy that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it. Unless you have any other questions, thoughts, comments. I missed anything. Um, no, not really. I thought... Um, should we talk about how we can help agents, like how agents should interact with a title company or? Um, yeah, actually, I I don't know a whole lot about that. If I'm okay. Honest. Okay. Yeah. So how, how could like a title? How, so how, how could a title representative or a title company help agents? Yeah. yeah. So um, we have access to this treasure trove of data. Some are better in leveraging it and using it to help their real estate agents. Mm-hmm. You know, the first and foremost is that your real estate or your title company and title rep should um, be able to close and make the transaction smoothly, review the prelims, yada, 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 all that stuff. Yeah. But then on the other side, you know, like I said, they have access, we have access to a treasure trove of data and that is valuable data is valuable for the real estate agents when they're uh, putting together marketing plans and deciding uh, who, where they're going to market to. <clears throat> like one of the yeah. biggest, in my opinion, one of the biggest um, um, things that realtors are told by title people that is absolutely incorrect is choosing an area based off a high turnover ratio. That's usually been like the, the, um, the way that title people have told agents, hey, you need to find a neighborhood to market to so you yeah. can get listings, then it needs to have a 6% turnover ratio. I'm literally the only one in the industry that's saying this is a fundamentally flawed business concept. And, um, you know, it's like if, if there's a high turnover ratio, that means it's probably exhausted. The houses that are going to sell in that community are kind of showing up too late. And, um, and like I said, it's, it's led to a lot of realtors failing in their marketing plans. Mm, yeah, because yeah, I know, for example, and I see this all the time. One home will sell in a particular community, nothing in there sold for a while. Right. One of the neighbors goes, Oh my gosh, I can get they it. sold for that. Right. Think about what I can get. Right. Exactly. I need to sell my house. Yes. Now I can make the dream trip to Colorado or Arizona right. or Utah or Idaho or wherever it is. Right. This is actually doable. Let's go. Right. They stick the sign on the ground, they sell, and now one of the other neighbors goes, if two homes sold at those numbers, there's that much demand for my community. I need to, I need to take that jump and maybe buy the bigger house right. or maybe move out of state again or whatever that might be. Right. And so a lot of times, yeah, we see that higher turnover as a result of that type of concept. Right. So all the people who are on the fence about moving realize they can do it. They move. Yes. And then everyone who's about to move already moved. Right. So exactly. Why, why target so, and market that particular community? And that's exactly the, my theory or thought process. It's like, it's already too late. Now there's been a big spike in sales. The six, seven homes that we're going to sell sold already. And now, now you're going to start marketing to that community. 
Yeah. Right. Your your chances are um, there's maybe going to be one more sale, and you're going to have ten realtors fighting over that. So I just I try to educate the uh, the realtors that I come in contact with that that's mm-hmm. a fundamentally flawed uh, uh, business plan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. What do you think we need to do? Obviously, we have a a uh, inventory crisis yep. in our country right now. Um, people don't want to sell for various different reasons. Um, what do you think we could do to help create a situation that's beneficial for the seller and kind of navigates that? You know, oh, I have a three percent now. I'm gonna I'm gonna purchase a replacement home. Great, yeah. I got my eight hundred thousand in equity, but now I have a seven percent mortgage rate or whatever it is. Uh, two ways to go about it. One takes a lot of strategy and a lot of time, and one is a quick phone call. Uh, the quick phone call, call Jerome Powell, say, hey, dude, yeah. we got to drop rates. Just cut them in half tomorrow. Don't worry. The economy will be fine. Right, right, right. I got this. Yes. Um, <laughs> so that one's not happening. That was probably not happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second strategy, make an actual plan with a real estate professional. Mm. When I'm talking to a seller, like I'm talking to a, um, a married couple right now. They've got two kids. They're in a townhouse. It's a big, giant. It's a huge. It's, it's a it's huge townhouse. Mm. <clears throat> uh, they've got a big yard. They've updated it. They like it. They are just running out of space. Mm. They both need home offices. And they're going, hey, Nick, we're in a situation where our interest rate is 2.9%. Mm-hmm. And we're having to all double or more than double that interest rate to sure. be able to move yeah. Yeah, yeah. In, into that next home. And so our monthly payment is just going to skyrocket. Mm-hmm. What, what the heck do we do? Mm-hmm. So, okay. So we've been planning now for about six or eight months to try to strategize on their particular economy, their investment strategy, their wealth building strategy with 401ks, with other investments, with their stock portfolio, with their financial advisor, with their CPA on how to create that financial package to work for them as to how to make that jump and how to make that move. Mm. So we're going to help pull some stock knowing that next home is going to be an investment and look at it from that perspective. From that perspective, yeah, that's smart. As well yeah. as all these other dynamics of household income and everything else. Right. It just takes a lot more planning to make sure people don't have blind spots, especially when their you know, their payments are going to double mm-hmm. just for two extra bedrooms in an extra bathroom. Right. Yeah. Could another option be um, finding someone that is completely, has no mortgage on the company, like or on, on their property rather, and that could do a seller carry back. And if a seller carry back, they can control what percentage they want to charge them, right? So would that be an option or? You can do that. There's all kinds of different loan programs to help mitigate payments for a, uh, some right. of them's two years, the some buy of them's down. three years, some of it's five, sometimes it's seven, sometimes it's 10, right. depending on what particular loan program somebody's using. Uh, we can get concessions from the sellers. We can get all kinds of different things. Uh, but in this market, because of what you noted, it takes somebody who's really good at their craft, mm. highly educated and highly skilled to be able to know what stones to uncover and right. what areas to look at to right. put all of those massive amounts of puzzle pieces together. Together, somebody. right. That's not no easy. It's not easy task. That's no easy path. Yeah. yeah. And Jerome Powell isn't going. Yeah. 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 And so. he, yeah I, I tried calling Jerome. He, yeah. he said, no. You got no, his number, huh? I'm not going to do anything. You got his number. It was on Google. Line. I don't know if it's actually. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah. Awesome. But hey, thanks for coming in today. Hey, thank you I so really much, Nick. Really appreciate yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah thank absolutely. you. Thank you. If you guys have any questions, um, title related, real estate related, planning related, let us know. Happy to help. If you are buying from my Uncle Frank, 
have a title professional there. And I also recommend at least one realtor minimum just facilitating to make sure things don't go awry Absolutely. and people are Absolutely. actually getting represented in the right way. You don't have any blind spots going into it. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Talk Take to care. You soon. Yeah. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Real Estate Roundtable. If you'd like to connect with any of the sales partners here on the REIT team, our information is below and we'd love to chat with you.